You're listening to Jai Long and this is Make Your Break. Whether you're a big-hearted creative or an aspiring entrepreneur, let's take action on your dreams. Reconnecting you with your why and giving you the how. I'm here to dish out actionable mindset tips and fun industry secrets to help you blow up your biz. From eye-opening reality checks to motivational gold, no two episodes are ever the same. So tune in weekly, skip the FOMO, and let's dive into the deep together. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Make Your Break. This is Jai Long. We just finished up the biggest event of the year for wedding photographers called the Wedding Photography Summit. It was really fun. And I know last week on this show, I talked about behind the scenes of how I was feeling like leading up to this event and everything else. So with this episode, what I did is I got together most of my staff members. There's a few people missing, but I got together most of my staff members and we sat in and had a bit of a reflection on like what it was like this week, what it's like working together, uh, what goes in behind the scenes for an event like this and everything else. So on this episode, we have my wife, Lilu. She's the graphic designer. She did all the design for the Wedding Photography Summit, the landing pages, the website, like everything. And she's done an amazing job. We've got Mel. So Mel's our in-house copywriter. She is incredible as well. She also did a lot of support admin and, and stuff like that during the actual event. But she does like a lot of our emails and our sales pages and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of our communication in the Facebook and sort of everywhere. We have Tony on the episode today and Tony does a lot of behind the scenes tech stuff and strategy stuff. So he's more of a strategy consultant and helps us with a lot of like getting things to work and getting us to work together and things like that. And he's also a good sounding board for me when I got ideas and tells me if it's realistic or not. We have Jordan. Jordan is content strategist, not too sure. He's telling me what he was before, but he uh, his job's always changing and flowing, but he's very creative and he does a lot of cool stuff to make sure everything looks amazing and grows as well. And we have Morgan. So Morgan is my first ever employee, proper employee, and he's been around forever and um, he is in- insanely talented. I-, I would say one of the best videographers that I've ever seen creates all of our content and everything else. And um, he basically runs the Wedding Photography Summit and, and allows us to host all that. And yeah, big guy there and a um, lot to say about Morgan, but we're going to talk about him in the show. So we have Anna. Anna is actually works uh, from the US full time. She is our business map community manager, happiness manager. So she's in there working with all the sailors all the time. She was also with the Wedding Photography Summit. She was in the admin and she was helping with support and everything else. So she makes sure that everyone's looked after and fed and, and feeling good about themselves and feeling good about the process and onboarding and everything else. And she's welcoming in all the new sailors and, and people into our course and everything else. Unfortunately, Anna couldn't make it for this episode as it's, it's her day off today and she's got a lot going on. So I wanted her to go and have a break and not to be worried about something like this. For the Wedding Photography Summit, a big shout out to a whole crew of people as well that weren't on this episode. So we have Siraj. Siraj, g'day, mate. How you going? I know you're listening to this right now. So he was uh, on camera A. We had Andrew from Bottle Brush Films on camera B. We had Andy. So Andy Hardy was doing a documentary film and a documentary behind the scenes. Uh, we had Jackson doing the photography, so taking photos of everything. We had Dom DJing. She was incredible. I'm sure there's a 
plenty of other people that I need to mention as well, but I don't want this to go for too long. But um, do listen to this episode. I think it's going to give you a lot of insight on how our business works, how a business like this does work, behind the scenes, how I work, how my crew work, uh, what goes through their minds, how they feel, everything else. And I think you're going to get a lot of value from this. I know for myself, when I'm trying to grow up a business and I'm trying to hire people and I'm trying to outsource and I'm trying to educate and do everything else, like I want and I wish there was people like myself at my level handing out this inside conversations. What is it like behind the scenes and and the strategies and, and everything else? So for me, I know this is the exact content that I want to hear from the people that I look up to, especially in business and as and creatively. So I'm handing this to you and I know that you're going to get a lot from it. So if you did like it, send myself a DM on Instagram or even better, actually, like give us a review on this podcast. Head over to Apple Podcast app leave us a review. It seriously helps so much. We have like close to a million downloads now and only like 180 reviews or something. So please, if you've listened to this, it's given you some sort of inspiration, inspired you in some way, uh, motivated you in some way, gave you a strategy, an aha moment, I would love a review. It means the world. The whole team reads it. I read it and, um, and it helps the podcast grow. So that's it. Let's get into today's episode. Quiet down over there. Let's get started. You're listening to Make Your Break. Today, we have a pretty cool episode for you because we just finished the Wedding Photography Summit. I'm going to explain what that is. But right now, myself and the team are sitting here in front of some cameras. Tony just went and did a nervous wee. Morgan's a little bit stressed over there. Mel's excited to get in there and talk a lot. But we're all here, which is really cool. And what we're going over today is we're going to talk about the event that we just ran and where that came from over the last 24 months, what we've done and what the experience was on our end for such a huge event. So to get started, I'm going to introduce to you who we're speaking to. So, bing, we got, <laughs> we got Lilu on, the, on my left and Lilu's my wife. We have Jordan on the right hand side what's your what jordan what was your um creative director was that what was strategist no it was originally content strategist this is pseudo title is creative strategist okay so jordan's the creative strategist uh we have mel over there she's the copywriter and basically just all around happiness fairy that makes everybody happy we have morgan over there morgan what's your role uh it was creative director i think but what is it today <laughs> oh no! How long you got? <laughs> yeah. and, and so that's Morgan. <laughs> that more. And then we have got Tony over there. Tony, what's your role? I don't even know, and I'm this. I'm supposed to be the person who knows what people's roles are and <laughs> decides, and, and I don't even know what mine is. Well, you know, it's funny. We just had this conversation before, and um, Jordan was telling me, and Morgan was telling me what roles that they had because we made some new roles up at the start. Um, but on, from my perspective, it's never made any change. It was just so everyone feels good about themselves because they can tell everyone what they do on the outside. Because one interesting thing about everything that we do right now, including my accountant, everyone always says, Jai, what is it that you actually do? What is your role? Like, what do, what does your team do? Like, I've got no idea. And internally, we also don't know what we do. So don't worry, that Lack of clarity is also within the company. <laughs> so let's talk about the Wedding Photography Summit. And then we're going to have a bit of a discussion. But just to give you a little bit of background knowledge, if you don't know what it is, basically for myself, I was a wedding photographer for eight years. And 
in 2015, I started my first workshop and it was in person. It didn't sell out. There wasn't that many people came and it cost me a lot of money. It was a lot of fun. But from there, my, I guess, career of coaching and teaching sort of kicked off. 2019 came around. I started the podcast. 2020 came around. COVID hit. We all know that. And what happened was I realized in the, in the industry, uh, the wedding photography industry and the photography industry in, in general, most people lost a lot of hope. They lost a lot of bookings. Um, they, they like a lot of educators went out of business, workshops stopped, conferences stopped, magazine stops, like everything stopped. Right. And, um, it was turmoil for the whole world, but especially this industry when we're creatives and people don't know how to react with something that hits us that hard. And so what I realized was we need to sort of step up at this time when everybody needs help and bring education and hope and motivation and inspiration to as many people as possible. And from that idea was when Morgan and I were brainstorming came the idea and the birth of the Wedding Photography Summit. So in short, what it is, it's an online conference, goes over two days, generally has, you know, up to 10 speakers. It is incredibly affordable. It's accessible to everybody around the world. And, um, and it's something that I believe has brought really amazing education to so many people, especially people that just couldn't afford education or they just needed, you know, a little kick of inspiration or whatever it is. So we're super proud of it. The first one that we did, it was a perfect storm because everyone was in lockdown. We didn't know what we were doing. We launched this thing and it was just Morgan and I, and it started with an idea and a conversation, phone conversation, because we were in lockdown. And then it was, it stemmed to like Morgan, we need to go and rent a space somewhere. So we did, we asked the wedding venue because they're all locked down. Can we sneak in there so we can like work together just so we could sort of brainstorm and map out how this unrealistic goal of making the biggest workshop in the world when everybody was struggling, like how can this come out to the world? And, um, and we did it and it was, it was a pretty wild time. And I think we'd probably, I don't know, there's probably a few stories we can share on that, but I mean, just to, um, put things into perspective, how fast, like, I guess, tech moves in 2020 people didn't really do online conferences or love online things at all and there wasn't too much on youtube or anything that we could find um it was really hard to find programs how to do things they just there just wasn't anything and so we really had to sort of break things apart and test every single bit of gear and software and try and hack something together to make it work that was affordable as well. So we could keep the price affordable for everybody. And from that, that was the bones of the wedding photography summit. I feel like we're still just hacking stuff together. Yeah. yeah that hasn't changed. <laughs> and also it's like fundamentally still the same too, which is really interesting, you know, and that first one, so that first one was, um, I won't say low budget, but it was, um, it was low budget. <laughs> it was, it, it was very much like we didn't know what we were doing. We had six weeks to organize the whole thing, include sell tickets, include learn how to do Facebook ads, marketing, everything else. Um, it was an absolute nightmare what slash. The like the, what was less with the budget? I guess the budget for us, like I was very budget conscious. So it was like, you know, let's get a venue that's cheap. And so we couldn't really like, it wasn't good for audio or for lighting. Like that was a huge thing. And the internet wasn't good. And so those three things are the three main things you need. 
but we actually got it for free. The guy gave it to us because he had no work, I think. Couldn't do weddings. And so it was at a wedding venue. So that was a huge cost saving thing. And then a lot of friends jumped in and helped, you know, just getting around doing the things and everything else. So and in that sense, yeah. And then it was just Morgan and I, and then Jordan came in as well and helped us out behind the scenes, making videos and, and doing things. And, and for me, like the way that we contacted people was literally just me getting on DMs, sending people a video going like, Hey, Gary V, do you want to come and speak at the, at the wedding photography summit? Like, so it was very much off the cuff, which was really cool. The surprising thing about that is that everyone said, yes, I feel first year round. Yeah. And then like, we got the biggest names straight away, straight off the bat, biggest wedding photographers in the world. But then every other year has felt like more of a slog. Mm, yeah, hundred percent. Is it because we've already hit the biggest names? I don't know. I think because when everybody was in lockdown, this is my personal opinion. Like everybody was willing to do anything, and now everyone's back busy. So it's like a it's an extra little. Oh, don't have time for that. And it probably got other opportunities as well. Yeah, they were all keen though. I reckon like even Jose Villa, he said no the first time, but he said ask me next year. And he said yes the the next time. time. Yeah. Yeah. After they see like how big it is for sure. Even the fact that Gary V did it blows my mind because it's a wedding photography summit. Like it's, yeah, I think, I think it was like really cool that we had such big name speakers, you know, for all those first few and uh, we pulled things together and I think we made things happen that I thought was impossible. One wild thing about Gary V is he took that Zoom call whilst at an NBA game. He was watching the Knicks grand final and he was underneath the grandstands and he was broadcasting from there. Well, he asked to reschedule and you're like, we're running pretty tight deadline here. (laughs) Well, yeah, he asked to reschedule like the day before the summer and we had already had 8,000 tickets sold and like people were coming to see him. And I was like, man, I I know that's not a big audience for you, but I'm like, that's a big audience for us. Like it's going to be hard to move this whole event. So that was wild. Morgan, can you remember actually when we were setting up the Zoom call for that? What logistics were you running to make that Zoom call work? Um, well, this year we had that huge... Yeah, let's talk about Gary V, that one. <laughs> yeah, to put it in comparison, this year we had, what, a uh, eight metre by three metre LCD screen. But to have Gary V, who's our biggest speaker ever, we had a... 27-inch monitor. <laughs> Yeah, the problem was I did my talk, I was rushed and then we had literally no time. So as soon as I went off, everyone's throwing shit across the stage. Like, like, and I, we didn't know what we were doing, we didn't test it. And then I had headphones in, which was going through our software for me to hear him. But then we had this lead coming over with a microphone for me to be able to even talk to him. And then Morgan couldn't even hear what Gary V was saying or what the conversation was. But the lead that came over was half broken. So I had to hold it in my hand, hold it together. So every time I moved, it like crackled and I couldn't actually hear what he was saying. You had to have it, you know, when you have to have it like half out for it to work. Yeah. Yeah. So I was holding it with my thumb in the correct position to hear it. So it looked like I was intently like really concentrating on what he was saying, but I was actually trying to catch a word between the crackles. (laughs) (laughs) I think one thing that gets thrown around a lot when we're going into these live events, I always hear Morgan say is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So we've got 15 minutes to just figure this out and we somehow figure it out. Sometimes we have no idea, like that Zoom call, like how do we figure this out? How do we get the audio there? We didn't know it till we were doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good preparation. If only there was a way you could have tried before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like you're always starting the day fan way. You were so excited because you're such a big fan of Gary Vee to like chat to him. 
I remember talking to you beforehand and you were saying like how you really want to be like prepped and emotionally prepared and like have some downtime before you speak to him. And then you just jumped on there and you had to like ad lib. I could see that you're really stressed being like, all right, hey, Gary Fiddy, so you are. And then you kind of rattled off a little bit what he did, but didn't really like go through like the whole list of what he does because you're just like thrown in there. But you always manage really well. Well, I actually... Who was there with me? I was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to prepare. I'm going to ask him some questions. I'm going to write the questions down first. And then by the time I ran over, I had all these questions ready and I thought this was genius. And I was like talking to him. I was like, shit, where's my questions? And I literally, I was like looking around. I was like, man, I had so many questions. And now I'm like, I remember asking, I was like, has anyone seen that piece of paper? And there was no piece of paper. Yeah, that's it. I remember something like that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so now I've got nothing. So I'm like, Gary V. Um. <laughs> I do have written down everything that I do, but... So if you didn't know what the Wedding Photography Summit was, um, that's where it all started. And now we're going to get into, because um, put in context, the last one that we just had was this week. Uh, we had a lot of people come in. We It was the biggest production that we've ever had. Um, just like to open up behind the scenes. Like I reckon we spent probably 150, 160,000 on this thing. It was, it felt incredible for us, for me on a personal level. It's like really um, inspired me. Because I think it was just like a really fun thing to do with the team, really fun thing to connect with the community. Um, it felt good to do something at a different level. And I think we should get in and talk about like our highs and lows of that whole event, this whole week. It's funny, like for me, the summit, because it's been so long in between them, I forgot how much I loved the summit, like working on it so hard. And then it comes around and I was like, fuck, that was awesome. But working up to it, like I just completely forgot how enjoyable it was actually working out i always forget as well <laughs> yeah because you're so like i was saying to lily lily was like oh i wasn't actually that excited for that summit because she was like so in her own thing which is like working on her own presentation stuff so she doesn't know exactly what we're doing out there and i was like you know what like the reason why i'm so excited is because literally we looked at every animation like every little thing that happens on the thing we obsess over every color like what font should we be using like what angles are we going to be using what lights how should the lights look what microphone are we buying and so there's so many tiny little decisions like talking to Mel, like what upsell can we do? What photos should we do? What mock-up? Like what's the sales page should look like? How should it work? And so when it all comes together and then you see it and it's on the day, it's like, holy shit, there's a billion tiny micro decisions to get to this production right now. But we always feel like so burnt out before the summit. It's so good that the summit is such like an amazing event mm -hmm. because it gives you energy on the day and you need that energy, especially you hosting the, sake, the whole thing. But um, yeah, leading up, there's always like so many things to do that I feel like you're always like, oh man, I've got to do this again. And then when you're in it and on the other side of it, you're like, oh my God, that was so amazing. Like, I think one thing that might be obvious to everyone is that we're not running on Australian time. Either hmm. we're we're getting there, we're waking up at two a.m., getting there at three a.m., and then you're sort of going through it. And one thing I sort of forgot this year because with the studio we had was completely blocked out. Like remember the wall mill that first year, you just see the sun coming in the morning, so you sort of knew it was morning. Whereas this time, like once once the things went off, you walked outside, you're like, oh holy fuck, I'm a vampire! Like <laughs> there's there's things happening out here, uh, which kind of made you hone in even more. Logistically, I can't believe we ran summits with no controllable light where the sun comes up and beams through, ruins the entire shot, all the lighting we've paid for. Yeah. 
and it'd just be like, oh, well, now it looks shit. Like, and we just like accepted it. We're and like, here's oh, Gary the sun's in my eyes now. And then we were like, should we just pivot and turn the stage a little bit? Like, today for this one, you had to like sticky tape all the blinds so that I'm sun wouldn't mm, come in. Yeah, garbage bagged it all up. Yeah, <laughs> Well, that was for the last summit we did. We actually did it in our office, and then we had to garbage bag up all the windows, and it was a tight, tight, tiny little space. Really, when you think about it, and there's probably 10 of us in here, like 12 of us in here, and everyone's sort of tripping over each other and, and doing the thing. And it's funny because, like, I'm probably presenting on on in front of the camera, but I can hear, like, Mel and Taylor, like, at the back talking about support. I can hear everything that's going on in the room. It's like, shit, man, <laughs> which is really funny. How was it from your perspective, Tony? It was good, Matt. I think from in the lead up to it for this one as well, a lot of the stuff I was working on, it felt way more relaxed, which means that that's going well and that's like an advancement of it. To not like to not actually have to get like last time, the one that we didn't hear, I was stressed before that because it was like I didn't know if anything was gonna fall over in the back end of everyone trying to purchase things or everyone trying to sign in and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But this time we're a lot more confident with how things worked, which was really nice. So I actually, although we were busy during the whole thing as well, I felt like this time I kind of watched a lot more of it as a spectator and got to enjoy, actually enjoy the whole process. Uh, and I feel like, cause I wasn't involved in the first two that were in the other venue as well. So my only experience of it was doing it in the office, which and was still cool. The next one, yeah. Like with the bin bags taped to the windows, like, you know, there was yeah. <laughs> smoke mirrors <laughs> at an all time high, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But doing this one and getting into there, it was cool. That felt like, yeah, for going from the office to that one and having no context to the ones before felt mm. like a huge, like a huge leap, which was really cool. Yeah. I know. Context on that is that we, this summit, we hired like a proper TV production studio. Yeah. That was absolutely huge. And here's, here's something in context, like even just what Tony's talking about, because Tony does a lot of the backhand stuff and, and making sure things that work. Like when my bookkeeper talks to me, she'll be like, Jai, did you know this year you've processed 22,000 payments? Like that is usually you have good systems in place for stuff like that. But processing that many payments and then someone going like, oh, like you overcharge us 30 cents or I need a refund or how do you upgrade us or what's going on here? Like if you've got that many payments coming through, there is a lot that can go wrong and it's hard to track and, and it's it's just actually chaos. And like, I don't know nothing about numbers. So I give it to my accountant and she's like, what the hell is going on here? And I'm like, yeah, there'll be a few thousand payments come through next month. Like, Yeah, I'm pretty sure you put your bookkeeper into retirement. I mean. I did actually. Le- legit. Working for you and went into retirement. Well, well, she started off working for Free the Bird, which was like one transaction, you know, a week. <laughs> and next minute, I remember the first summit we did where we had 8,000 people. And 8,000 people usually means about like maybe... 16,000 transactions because there's an upsell and there's a few other things. And so she was just like mind blown. Not only that, it's 16,000 transactions from different countries. We have to organize the tax from each one of those, invoices for each one of those, and then she does all that. And she has some pretty old school systems, so a lot of it's manual. Yeah. And her name's Karen. I'm like, Karen, you got this? All right, there'll be a few transactions coming for next week. Like... Let us know if you need anything. Bye. <laughs> I actually, yeah, just got near. <laughs> we can do it. That's basically the brief everybody gets in this company though. So it's fine. Here's a question for you guys. 
like it's pretty funny because from the outside people can sort of understand now that like Karen's under the palm with, <laughs> with, with that stuff. Everyone doesn't really know what their job titles are and stuff. Do you think we could have pulled off something as big as that we did with the least amount of people that we've had if we were a proper structured company, Mel? I reckon there would have been a lot of handballing going on if that was the case. And I think in the lead up to big launches like this, everyone just does what they can. Mm-hmm. And I, I still remember, I think one of my favourite moments involved Jim Walko, like in the lead up, I was working on the website copy or the sales emails, like there was so much copy. And I remember Morgo messaging me on Slack, it's just saying, oh, just giving you a heads up, Jai's going to ask one of the speakers for the almost 30 second and a one minute intro. And I was like, cool. And he's like, yeah, so, yeah, you should know. And I was like, okay, do you want me to write you a template email so you can reach out to the speakers? Is that what? And then I had that light bulb. I was saying, fuck, I'm the speaker. (laughs) I was so anxious about in the lead up that my technique is just ignorance is bliss. I convinced myself I was a speaker, man. (laughs) And then, yeah, just complete meltdown. That's so funny because it's a whole nother level for you, hey, because you're like working, hustling behind the scenes of everything. Then I'm like, hey, Mel, so you're a speaker. Can you send over like your bio and like a video and stuff? Like, let's get this done. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> They're working on everything else and a presentation. Yeah, it was hectic. Yeah. I think the one thing that you do really well, and this might sound like I'm putting you down at first, but hopefully I bring it around. Is the, Are you talking about me? Yes. <laughs> With business, you have this childlike naivety about everything. But with like seeing how you work, I now at, like have this like dead set belief that there's strength in naivety. Like there's strength in that full-blown um, conviction that you can do something amazing well above what is actually like quote on the quote like possible actually <laughs> but you come up with these wild ideas and you're so playful with it and you're like yeah it was going to be the best like photography workshop on the planet but then you keep going through the whole process to the other end of it with that na- naivety and it all works out and I fully believe that it's because you have that conviction that is interesting. He's not scared to have a crack <laughs> and to like to give someone else the opportunity to have a crack. It's like shooting a documentary or something. Hey, Morgo, like learn how to use this camera. You're not a videographer. <laughs> Let's go make an epic docker. It's, like, it's, it's probably not going to be epic. Like, well, if you believe I can do it, <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> See, some people call it empowerment. Other people call it immense pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Anxiety. It's like the opposite of like life revenge and everyone. Just like so Wong and he's a camera i'll still figure it out <laughs> i mean that's a really good point too like um i think one really interesting thing and in, in why everyone's roles change and what morgan's role has changed over the years has been it's actually changed a lot because um i actually never believed that someone should be in a role and then, and then that's it because i feel like your soul dies when you're sort of like you're stuck on one thing and you just repeat the process over and over and nothing else happens but I believe like I'm actually randomly really good at a lot of things. And the reason being is because um, I do, I just do lots of things. Like I don't think like, oh, it's not my job or I shouldn't do it or I can't learn it or I shouldn't learn it. It's not my place or I should hire the professional for that or I should go and learn that thing, like whatever it is. I'm like, oh yeah, no, if someone else can do it, like we can do it, you know. And Morgan, like a camera, like how is it? Just turn it on, man. Like what's YouTube, dude, <laughs> you know. 
and the funny thing is, I think with that, like I think Morgan is um, better than 99% of all videographers that I've ever seen. And he's not classically trained. He hasn't actually ever talked or had a mentor session with a videographer. I don't think he knows any of the lingo or what's going on. But he literally is so good because he just goes through with that process and he's like figuring it out and he allows himself to play and he has um, permission to play as well. And then the end result is like, fuck, I told you, man, you could do it. It's sick. You know, it's so amazing. You say that, but then like I remember looking at our like first course posing and lighting and we're looking at it going, oh, that's epic. And then now when we look at it, we go, that is not epic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it, I like, but that's the thing though. Like I think um, like it, it was epic. You know, like the yeah, first video that you we did was at. always epic. Yeah. So it was like most people stop themselves because they think it's not good enough for whatever it is. But like uh, it's, and I've said this to you before, because I remember once like you were pulling me up saying like, oh, I don't know who it was. Maybe someone that worked for us in the past or something like you said, why'd you say that was good enough? Or why'd you let them get away from that? Because it, it really isn't up to our standard. And I remember saying to you like, man, because we're all growing. And so the thing is you need to allow everyone to go through that where we feel good with what we're making, because then after a while they're going to be incredible, you know, because you get that feedback and then you get excited about keep learning and pushing and everything else. And that's how I've learned. That's how you've learned. And that's how like, I feel like all of us have kind of learned. Yeah. I remember you saying to me when I started shooting videos, you were like, as long as it's better than your last video. Yeah. So it's like your next one's going to be better than that one. And it always is every single time which is actually amazing. Like you even watched that documentary that you made Jack Short one year ago and then you watched the last one with Megan from this year. Like I look at the two and I'm like, shit, man, two different videographers. Like it's amazing. And you didn't practice that much in between. You know what I mean? But you like step it up every time learning for something. Let me ask it's cool. getting heavy. Jordan, how was it from your perspective? Because you sort of jumped in and, and did a lot of stuff for the screen behind us and animations and at the same time you're working on the podcast and a whole bunch of things. Yeah, well, this year was way different for me in working in stuff, working more at the back, back side of things. So like in previous years, I've been on a camera. So in my role, I sort of get there. I know I've got to film something. So this year was kind of different in the fact that working on Sub Morgan, we're sort of just looking at every little touch point where we can improve on with the streaming side of it at all times. You sort of, like we were, like some of the animations, that was just a little bit, the biggest, scariest thing was getting those animations right. So Morgan and I worked really closely with that, getting feedback. And there's bits of pressure there because we looked, we knew the screen could be there, but we didn't know how it worked. We, we Googled things, we had consultations. You didn't know how bright it was, how big it was, the, the crop, like how it's going to show up on camera. Mm. Like you guys actually kind of had no idea whatsoever. Mm. Like how big fonts should be, what's the best colors, how fast should it go, how slow. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, and then I think the biggest pressure point that we should, that we came up with was then, yeah, it coming up there. We couldn't get to test it the night before. We had to make sure it was ready what, within two hours before we went live, which was terrifying. There's a really funny photo, Jide, of you and I, where this screen is actually glitching out the background and we're both sort of like keep pondering. And it looks like we've, oh, we're kind of pondering, but it looks like we're sort of like deep in thought, like getting ready. But look, there would be stress popping out about fucking but yeah empowerment or incredible stress <laughs> walking around anxiety you're all right sorting out some animations for an eight meter screen and you're nothing about it yeah good luck <laughs> you've never done animations have you no not yet oh you're the perfect man for the job and the other funny thing was we're using an animator we've used in the past and he got half they got the first day done and 
the quote we got to finish everything for him to do it was astronomical. So then we start getting the files sent to my cell. <laughs> and I know after effect I know after effects, but not not to the point what he was doing. So I was on it after effects like one month ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was I was looking at his files and reverse engineering. Okay, so this layer goes here. And then all of a sudden I just the file fucked to the guy, oh, shit, I'll start again put it over here. But I was really happy with how they turned out in the end to sort of mimic what he did. But it's just a shame that we couldn't have these bright things there all the time. We've we figured out just for your for your talk that okay, we go black. Yeah, two hours before my talk. Yeah. And we changed the whole talk. And we yeah, we were on Canva <laughs> changing the font, taking everything that was ripping out. We got ripped out a black and white logo to chuck up there as well. And we changed the business map. I just changed the business map logo. So oh she were live, I had After Effects here in front of me. We think shit. Yeah, the pressure point is that the screens cost twenty thousand dollars and they were like a hundred percent of the frame at all time. And we did zero testing. Again, but I actually had a consultation where we thought we were going to test what they looked like. And we got there and they put the fucking screen onto this uh, there's a TV. They go, yeah, so this is how it's going to look. I'm like, we could have tested this ourselves. <laughs> and then we're saying, like, oh, bright images, how's that going to look? They go, it's fine, bright's better. And we go, oh, oh okay, cool. Wasn't. Yeah, I think it's worth mentioning that we felt like we took all the right steps this time with like getting the people to set up a day before, making sure that there's someone there that will help us figure out all the brightness and how it work with the cameras and what settings everything should be on. And then it just all fell through like the day before, like the guy who was meant to help us with all the settings and figure out the screens wasn't there. And so they just like, it looked like they just threw together a crew to put it up because they took forever. And then we were like on Zoom calls with him. Oh, Morgan, you would know more. You were on Zoom calls with him, yeah? I think the two guys that they sent to set up the screens had never set up the screens before. They had the guy with a sick on a Zoom call. One of the blokes was in a high vis, like a trainee, trainee high vis. Yeah, I kept hearing like the older guy be like, come on, mate, like pass me the such and such. And then you pass him something different. I'm like, I definitely have to tell this. And links in the show notes if you want to hire from a company. <laughs> okay. Is there any is there any funny stories? Let's let's get on to a little bit of behind the scenes goss. What about some admin stuff? Was there anything funny that stood out? Behind the scenes, we're not throwing anyone under the bus, but let's sort of paint a bit of a picture. Oh, I can throw Mel under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mel, there's nothing for it. It's just like when you're when you get into the zone and it's you know it's four o'clock in the morning, and me and me and Mel are not naturally support admin people. I don't think. <laughs> I think it, yeah, I think it takes a certain kind of person to have that level of empathy at all times, and I'm not sure we're blessed with that trait. So. <laughs> But we kind of, we enjoyed ourselves. Like, it would have been a miserable experience doing it alone, I think. But was there any good stories that stood out? Or was it just like, where's my password? I remember um, Tony killed me on the second day because there was a point where Zendesk, um, our email support system went really quiet. So we're like, oh, like, we don't have anyone to help now. Tony's like, we should go into people's libraries and delete that. Yes, create problem and to with you help. So we got some problems. <laughs> yeah, I wanted I to feel. Guys. <laughs> I realise that I like to feel needed. <laughs> that's nice. So if you're listening and your stuff randomly got deleted, that's why. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> no, I do love that. Morgan, you got any good stories from it? Well, I had a fair few problems, really. All the streams that I sent up previously 
weren't working. So I had to do that on the fly. There's a bunch of things I had to do on the fly. When I was asking you guys um, at the support desk, like, hey, you guys look at that? It's like, it's not even your job. <laughs> You're not enough of the video. Yeah, the amount of times Morgan just shouts over to me, is it working? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> just give him a thumbs up and hope for the best. Yeah, but I was just like, I thought I was live at one point and you're like, there's nothing planned. And we're like, Jai's talking. Jai's talking. Absolutely no one. Yeah. I'm like, shit. Yeah, that was our river within an hour. kind of went. It's a bit of that. See, it's funny because I was sat there. I'm like, man, this year's going so smooth. Whilst Morgan's having a like quiet meltdown. Just because you're getting back to email. Yeah, I'm like, I'm on fire. <laughs> Everyone's like, reset that password. Everyone's so quickly. happy. Yeah, like, I've got a copy and paste template. This couldn't be going better for anyone. <laughs> I think it's interesting that um, everybody, like, what's really fascinating to me is everybody sort of steps up to the role of the thing they've got to do. And I don't know, I actually don't know if anyone has doubts if they can do it or if they're not going to be able to meet the deadline or whatever it is. But what's interesting from my perspective is when I say like, yeah, let's get this thing done. Let's like, you know, Morgan, jump on this. Let's stream that thing. Let's, you know, whatever it is. There is not even a tiny bit of doubt in my mind that you won't be able to pull it off or everyone won't pull off the thing that they're doing. I fell by them. Yeah, I just need to get up Rebecca's talk when I play the rough and hard. <laughs> well, you still play to talk though. So that's pretty sweet. Play to talk, you're 50% of the way there. For example, for that one, you're like, you play that thing, I'm like, where is it? I'm looking through this computer, I'm looking through this computer. <laughs> what thing? <laughs> Rebecca's talk, man. And then you put on a different Rebecca's talk. Not that one. <laughs> well, how am I supposed to know which one? <laughs> I think the weird thing is, though, is, you know, depending, even at different scales as well, like, all right, me and Mel were just replying to emails and doing support stuff, or even in the summit before, like, I was helping you trying to troubleshoot when something went down. But you look at what everyone was doing on that day and kind of with the exception of you really, Jai, like everyone else is doing something for that couple of days that is what they don't do 363 days of the year other than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're not... That's <laughs> so not like a, if you go to like a TV like production, they actually have real people cruising around that no lighting, they're no cameras, they're no like tech, they know everything. And then when we're in there, I remember like even... Andrew was one of the cameramen. He's like, Morgan, this is how you're supposed to talk over the, over the, you know, when, you, when you're speaking to each other or directing or whatever. And Morgan's like, oh, really? Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. That's, that's going to be hard for me to remember. You guys had head... <laughs> I came in like, for the first time, you guys have all got these headsets on and you're like talking to each other. Like, this is next level. I was way more <laughs> impressed with the little headsets that everyone had than like the eight meter screen and TV studio. It was pretty impressive. We're for real now. That is funny though. Like me, um, me being the production guy, whatever you call that, Exactly. I'm producing something. By the end of the summit, I'm like in the zone. I know what I'm doing. But then <laughs> another year passes and I'm back at it. I'm like, oh shit, like yeah. I'm a bit clunky on my movements. Do you get really like nervous like on the first day before you're about to go live? Like, fuck, is everything set up right? And when it says that it's live, when it says I'm live, I'm cool. Like, then I'm good. Exactly, that happened multiple times and I wasn't cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're in our heads, I'm all right. When we go back to what Tony said, like, this is not what we do through your budgets of the year. One thing that blew my mind at the very first summer was the fact that you figured this stuff out. So you've got an ATOM, you've got all these live streams, you've got Kajabi going here, Bindo going here. Like, how the fuck did you figure that out the first time? Oh, I was just. YouTube and Slack and stuff together. Unless I feel like we're still just on that. <laughs> but it's getting a little bit better every time. 
But I think everyone's kind of underselling themselves as well. It's like, yeah, we don't do it, but everyone's very, everyone's very capable. Incapable. Which I guess it's like, is it better to be a specialist or a generalist? And when you said, would we be able to pull this off if we were a proper company? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, if, if there were six or eight or however many people working on it, all specialists, then probably not because everyone would be scared. But really everyone's a bit of a generalist. And that's the kind of thing. So it doesn't matter. Like realistically, anyone could almost jump into someone else's job with a little bit of notice and figure out how to pick it up. And obviously wouldn't do it as well because like Morgan's had a couple of years of growth in that space now. But everyone just loves stepping up and being a generalist. Yeah. yeah like, we probably wouldn't get hired elsewhere to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what'd you do with your last job? Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> you got 15 minutes? <laughs> I know we're meant to be talking about funny stuff at the moment, but I did want to take this opportunity to give Morgo a bit shout, shout out because I think when we summit, it's so easy for everyone to be like, oh my God, Jai, you're amazing, or to be like frothing over the speakers, but they don't even realise how much work goes on behind the scenes on that day. And honestly, like without Morgo there running everything, like a million chords around him and like staying super calm the entire time as well, mm-hmm. the entire production would not be possible. And I think no one really realises the like the phenomenal effort that he pulls together every year, mm-hmm. the calm energy he has as well. Like if it was me, I'd be just like melting down and screaming and like rocking in the corner. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also a testament to how much Ball is really growing alongside you because you always need like a hype man, right? Like a right hand person that believes in your vision. And like whatever idea you throw at Morgan, like, he's always like, Yeah, let's do it. We'll make it happen. Like imagine if it was me and Tony, it would be like, logic hats on. No, no. That's a bad idea. What are we aiming to achieve? Don't you think? What's the KPIs on that one? <laughs> What's the budget? <laughs> I remember we it was in COVID. Like we went for a walk and we were getting coffee. Yeah. Shout out to Mo. We were walking around getting a coffee. <laughs> I was actually circling back to your compliment on Morgan, but whatever. Now I'll take it. Let's bring it back. Yeah. Bring it back. Morgan's this. But you told me the idea for the summit. Yeah. And like we'd, we'd walked around and talked about a lot of ideas, but this one was a bit more, it was a little bit more thought out. There was... But as in like I thought of it for like maybe 24 hours before I pitched it to you. Yeah. So when I say a bit more thought out, yeah, it's like you came that day with it already in your head rather than thinking yeah. of it on the move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it was pre-planned. And I was like, no, that that does sound sick. Like that could that could be a thing. Then like three days later, go for another coffee and you're like, yeah, it's happening in November, which was like six weeks away. So sometime in that, you'd called up Morgan and said the same thing to me. You can't have gone much further with the idea from what I heard. And instead of getting a, yeah, that sounds cool. He's like, all right, cool. When? (laughs) I'm like, no way. (laughs) That's like... When are we doing this? It was a good idea, but there were a lot of holes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there were a lot of what ifs, and there were yeah, it was fully half baked. <laughs> it was funny because I remember when I had the idea. I actually came. We we were in lockdown. We went for a coffee. And we, we talked about it actually probably first before I even talked to Mel- Morgan about it. And I remember I was like, oh my god, I'm so excited this idea. What do you think about this? And I remember you going like, so how was going to run? Oh yeah, I think you could do that. I'm like, I could run ads, and I could do this, and I could do that, and we sort of just like brainstormed. But yeah, I do remember that 
like a couple of days later. I was like, dude, we already launched it. And you're like, what? When is it? I'm like, in six weeks, man. And you're like, what are you going to get done in six weeks? I'm like, oh man, so much. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I think that, I think it was almost like, I've already sold yeah. tickets. There's <laughs> 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 yeah, like 200 people signed up, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think this year was the first year I was like, I can't believe that like everyone's actually running this. Like maybe because it was in this very professional looking venue, we had like professional lights, the big screen in the background. I was like, if it was anyone else, they would have hired a whole production team. <laughs> but here we are. And I think it's such credit to like Morgan and all of you guys, how much this thing has been like bootstrapped together in like the best possible way. Like I'd, I feel like it wouldn't be the same quality even if we produce, like had it produced by like a production team because like Don't everyone's got their own creative vision now that they've like placed into it. I fully agree with that. Like I think um, so often we think everything's going to be professional and it's going to be done a certain way. But like I honestly think like um, you can pull off something so much better because you just have ambition and you got creativity and you got freedom of not knowing what all the mistakes are because so many people get comfortable and then they have a wealth of mistakes of things to avoid that doesn't work and stuff. And really like everyone was just honestly just having a good time. And another thing I want to say about the summit, I mean, this sounds weird, like, and it's different perspective for all you guys compared to me because for all you guys, there's more expectations than there is on me. And the reason being is because, um, because you have a job and then you've got to get something done and people rely on you and stuff. But in my head, I'm like, if it doesn't work out, the worst thing is it just won't play. Like, who cares? You know what I mean? And then like, I don't have to answer to no one, you know? And then like, if I have to process some refunds, like, sweet. And so with that in my mind, it's like the worst case scenario is like, there isn't any worst case scenario. Like we're just having fun. You know what I mean? And I think, I think that's like a really fun place to come from. And that's why I don't stress out if like Morgan's like, it's not going to be right, you know, at this time or whatever it is. I'm like, well, it actually doesn't actually matter. Like nothing actually matters at the end of the day. And I think that's cool. Like from the foundations of what the event actually is. <laughs> but I think, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, for sure. Well, it's like, it better be. Yeah. yeah, it's all good you say that now until like you start shouting at us. Yeah, should have told us that last week, man. I don't know if anyone else feels like this, but I always feel like at the summit that we're just like a bunch of kids. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah. And it feels so playful and so creative and we're just like making everything up on the go, especially like you guys. Everything is so playful and creative. Even like when I've seen like the, you know, Jordan's chosen out the photo and there's some stuff like animating on the background. To be honest, I haven't actually looked at any of the animations before they were on the screen. And I'm like, oh, wow, man. Like you should get some gold stars, I reckon. Like that, that's some cool shit going on right there, you know? And then like Morgan's like animated something coming in like on the screen. I'm like, oh, like, and the music's going through. Nice work. Like <laughs> that's awesome, you know? Mel showing me the email reply she just did with extra emojis, which she always does. Oh, nice work. <laughs> Love this. Like we'd say all of that being the stuff that happens around the summit, but it's actually just the culture of the way we work on everything. Yeah, everything's the same. <laughs> yeah, like but, <laughs> it's chaos. Like it is chaos and it stresses me out. Like it's like the lack of stress stresses me out. Everyone should be a bit more stressed and then I'd feel comfortable. <laughs> Is anybody in control? <laughs> where's the Where's the parents? <laughs> but I think, and I think that's the thing. Me and Mel are always we're always the logical ones, but 
Me and Mel are also the ones who have come from more corporate environment. Structured backgrounds, yeah. Yeah, so you guys know structure. It's funny. Yeah, but it's like no one here knows how it's supposed to happen. (laughs) So you just do it fully rogue. But coming from those places is people will, there will be meetings after meetings and people will get in consultants about how can we have good culture and how how can we have culture that embraces people failing and doesn't punish people. And it's like, but it never happens because you're having a meeting about the meeting (laughs) about how to build the culture. Whereas here it's like, everyone takes massive accountability in their work and everyone wants it to work out well. But everyone knows that if they screw something up, it's like they know it's not for lack of trying. They know that everyone else knows it's not for lack of trying and that everybody in this business fails so many times. Oh, totally. Everyone sucks. Comfortable with it. But yeah, we still like, we still have a good, as long as we succeed like 60% of the time and fail 40% of the time, we're growing, we're cruising. And we f- we probably fail and screw up more than most other companies do. And therefore, we get bigger and grow faster because... Because we've got our neck out further all the time as well. Yeah. Like we're willing to take that risk and everything else. It's like we'll try anything. And, you know, a lot of that and a lot of it does come from your tolerance for risk as well. <laughs> but both financially and with anything, it's like, you know, should we try this thing? Should we put something behind it? It's like, we're going to have to like run 10 grand on this random ad and see if it does anything. That's all right. Like we'll have a crack. And then if it worked, but we always like, it's, you know, it's cliche, but it's true that you learn more from the, from the failures and we fail enough to learn loads. And that's why like someone like Morgan will be able to, yeah, so, so much failing, so much learning, (laughs) so much money gone. And here we are like making more money, growing faster, getting better because of all of the failing. And it's like testament that that actually does work. Facebook ads are uh, an absolute beast. It's, it is really hard because a lot of the times I'm sort of advertising to my own audience. So it costs a lot of money just to tell my own audience, which would probably buy tickets anyway, but it's just with Instagram reach and everything else, like you can't really reach people. I think um, the ads have definitely changed over the little bit. I really enjoy doing them and I can see like even just a big shift on these last ads that I ran just on how you target people and how limited it can be and all this kind of stuff as well. So, um, you know, what's interesting. Like I see people like selling courses, like, man, I've done like $30,000 in ads and stuff. I'm like, shit, dude, we did that last week. You know that like we run so much and we got no like actual idea what we're doing. But I think um, because of that process, we become really good at it because we're doing it all the time and we're testing and, yeah, I think it's really good. And so with the summit, like um, if Facebook ads weren't around, it's it would be harder because I choose Facebook ads because a lot of people scroll Instagram and Facebook, um, but I'm not like stuck on those. And of course, like we'll be testing out TikTok ads in no time and smashing everyone on YouTube and everything else. So like, you know, wherever it's got to be, we'll be showing up because that's, that's the name <laughs> of the game really. I think as well what like, with stuff like the Facebook ads is it comes from the fact that everybody as well, like everybody works extremely hard and then everybody walks out the door and looks at everything else through the lens of how can this be brought back in? So everybody's always looking at ads, always optimizing something, always looking at what someone else is doing, always trying to, you know, borrow the ideas or look at how other people are growing. It's like everybody is 
everybody is fully invested in bringing it. I also like to say on that, and I think this is something like we talked about a long time, Morgan, when you first started and you picked up the camera and I said to you, don't look at any videographers or photographers in our area because, you know, you need to reach higher. And what I do notice, like within the culture of the business, like no one ever looks down or sideways. Like everyone looks the the best of the best and then goes, fuck, we didn't do it like this. I'm like, well, that is Tony Robbins. Like, you know, like it is like the biggest of things that we do, but um, our standards are so high for ourselves because we're always like, looking at what the best do out in the world, not just like what does our competition do, for instance. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anybody here after an event or in the lead up to an event say, oh, this is going to be better than this person or that person who's like on their journey as well growing. It's always, can we get up close to this person who's realistically way out of our league. Well, it's not only that though. Have you guys ever noticed that like um, even Morgan and I literally after the event just yesterday, we got out of Google Doc and started like talking about what's the next level sort of thing. But I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we always look at our own stuff and then we always compare ourselves to our own stuff. Like I go, fuck, look at that summit. It was awesome. And even if someone else ran it, we wouldn't even be that interested because we're looking at our own one though. We're going, we can do that so much better. So we just see the whole straight away where the improvements are. And then we're literally comparing ourselves with ourselves constantly. Like I know you do that Mel when you're looking at your emails and looking at sales pages and you're doing that Jordan and everyone basically. And I think that's the reason why you grow so much because if you're competing with yourself. Yeah, Swallowed, I feel like that's because we're always trying to be that one step ahead as well. It's true. You know, I think so many people spend too much time like celebrating, which is fine to go celebrate your things, but they don't like feedback because everyone holds things too close to themselves. And like, this is the best thing I've ever made. And this is it, you know? And I think for us, like we're so much more fluent than that. And we're able to sort of move around and go like, this is, this was fucking good. Like, there's no doubt we can do better every time, you know? And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It's like, it's hard to be satisfied with it, isn't it? Every time I feel like for me doing it, even though we just killed it, I do and I guess a lot of people do, but I just see the flaw. I see the flaws along. Mm. Like you have to remind yourself to be like, cool, like we did something good. Cause I'm like, that was sort of shit. That was sort of shit. That was sort of shit. Yeah. Yeah, that can be hard to do as well, especially talking with another person rather than just like your own thoughts in your head, because you're kind of like admitting that you weren't right and mm. things like you didn't do the best that you could do because there's always something better. And I feel like that's like I don't know. I feel like I have to struggle to do that in my own business. Like I release a product and then straight away talk to like Bridget and live about how shit it is. Like, but it's such a strength in itself, like to admit that and in a group, because I can admit that to myself, but in a group, especially with like my team, my staff and, you know, as a boss to be like, you know what is like, I've, I saw this floor and this floor and for them to be like, yeah, it could be better. You know, it's actually really interesting that like um, so many decisions that I make are really bad and they're just so bad that like I feel like most people in my position would be embarrassed because because you're just like, well, fuck, like we all just worked on this and I'm the one that let us all down. I'm sorry, guys. I spent the wrong money on the wrong thing and I thought it was a good idea, but it wasn't. And I think it's really interesting because um, I always think about how like I don't just let you guys down, I let down myself. And I was like, I fucking should have brainstormed that more or thought about it more or talked to someone more. Um, but I think it's like so good that you guys pull me up on on my shit as well. And we're able to just like talk about it, you know? So it's not like 
it's not really like anyone ever points the finger and blames anyone. It's just like, yeah, like we probably all take it on actually. Like, yeah, like why did we let you do that, Jaya? You know, like, or we should have thought about that a little bit more or told you. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's a little bit like, and tell the truth. My apps just say like. I did fucking like, tell you, Jai. <laughs> <laughs> like we told you not to do that. <laughs> you did it anyway. <laughs> and I think that's where the hierarchy here works. Like if you're looking at the line, like I don't feel like anyone's got anything going for anyone. Mm. And you're just a friend, just a mate. We could say, Jai, you being a dickhead. Shine up is good. Yeah, yeah. It's, that wouldn't probably, probably wouldn't happen in the corporate world. You'd probably be on sack. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd be. <laughs> it, I don't know. There, there are some cultures where it'd be okay. Um, but it's, it is the accountability to your, you know, to your team of people around you as well as you show up for, you show up for all the people attending mm-hmm. as much as you show up for all the other people in the room, because you see how much work like everyone's been putting into it and you want to match that as well. But I think a lot of the times, you know, Morgan is, maybe a bit too self-critical by the sounds of it, mate. It was very, very good. <laughs> but all of these things, and I was looking through the Google Doc yesterday, and obviously a lot of the decisions we make are how, how can we make things bigger, how can we make things better, and how can we grow it? But so much of the stuff we capture off the bat, like it's not what's – those things aren't going to bring more people through the door next year, or they're probably things that people who came this year and last year and will come next year wouldn't even notice the difference. No, but we notice, and it's because there's so much pride in everybody's own work. Mm. It's like it doesn't – so many other people would rest on their laurels about it and sort of say, it's like, yeah, we could do that next year, and but that would be an extra couple of grand, and really it's not going to – you know, no one's going to really know. Yeah. But we never think of it like that. We never take the shortcut. It's always like, is it, worth it. Would it get it a little bit better? Like, yeah, like it's worth it. Then. Like, even if we just feel a bit better about it afterwards, yeah. then it's worth it. Yeah, also hear the negative more than you hear the positive as well. Like, for example, after that launch, you hear things that go wrong and things that, you know, I have to fix on the back end or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But there's so many people out there, like we had 2,500, 3,000 people there or something. So many people out there that have had an amazing experience mm-hmm. and said that was seamless. But then you hear that, how about 50 people say this happened, this happened, this happened? Yeah. Well, the ones that we really talk about too, which is just us, and this you do this all the time, but it's like the real negative ones, like the bad emails. We screenshot that to each other and look at them and go, fuck, we should have done better for these people and stuff. But we obsess over the 1% that weren't happy and then we forget about the 99% that were like walked away going, that was amazing. Do you find when you like sit down afterwards and do this document, you like gradually as you're going through everything, you stop looking at it so micro and all the tiny little details and then expand like, no, it is this big thing again. It got, gets you thinking in a different way about the event and start thinking like how can the next like actual big summit, the whole whole event be better rather than just mm-hmm. like focusing. Because I feel like when you're in it, you get stuff on all the tiny little details of particularly you, Morgan, or like everyone in their own sectors you get stuck in just like thinking about that sector and then you know for all of you to then be able to look at it as a whole do you find that happens and that helps i do find like um there's a lot of details like morgan was just saying where people or you were just saying where people wouldn't even notice the detail you know like or tony yeah you would you wouldn't even notice the detail and i know that people don't notice the detail and another thing is like 
It's like you can't even brag about the details because no one cares. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm walking and going, like, did you see the little fucking tiny little thing that happened at that time or, or something like that? But I know what happens. And for us, it's like we're high-fiving each other and it's like fun. But what people don't realize, and I see this all the time, and I talked about this in my in my talk, it's like if you do the bare minimum, you get rewarded the bare minimum. And most people go through life and they try to do bare minimum. Let's set a budget. Let's undercut that budget. And then we, can, we don't need to do those things. So let's take that off the board because it's too much work. But we do the opposite. We do the maximum every time. Like it's like we don't really need to do that job. Yeah, but we're doing it. Let's hire someone else. Let's get on to whatever and do whatever. And I think because of that reason, when you look at it as a whole, you don't know why something can be so amazing. And it isn't one thing, but it's a collection of so many tiny decisions where we didn't cut any corners and then it creates something. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, I think so. And as well, like we we did one summit here in the office, which is obviously a more low budget way of doing it than, you know, spending thousands, tens of thousands on screens and studios. And then we moved it into that space. And it obviously gives a better experience to people, but we didn't increase ticket prices. Yeah, we, we didn't increase. We don't, we don't make more money. We yeah, make less money. That's it. Like we make less money because it's about we always talk about, and we'll talk about it in talks, and we talk about it in everything and internally, the whole thing of over-promising and over-delivering. And but then we that. actually go ahead and do it and like keep increasing and keep promising more and more and then even exceed our own expectations of like how much we can actually over-deliver on that mm. to the point that we'll say so many times, should we do this? Oh, we don't need to, but it's an over-delivery. So like yeah. we'll keep over-delivering and keep going it. Yeah, and I don't know, you say that to me all the time. You don't need to do that job because it is an over-delivery. Oh, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. That's how I know you'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like someone's going to be stoked. You know, you just know that experience that you're handing on to someone. And I think that's it. Like, And someone will be stoked. And that is the thing where, all right, 50 people are not stoked about something that mm. came up for them during the time, but the other thousands of people were stoked and do appreciate the small. Well, another thing is like we are impacting so many people and I don't talk about this enough, but like so many people on so many levels and I do get a lot of DMs that I just don't pass on to everyone as well because I'm kind of the type of person that like it after a while, like I don't see it for myself and I, it's not that I don't care, but I'm just, I see the flaws in myself. So I don't like sit there going like, fuck you, I'm a legend. Like, look at all these people, you know, but what I do know is like the, the stories that cut through all of the, like, that was awesome, Jai. The other ones where it was like, I was going through a hard time and that really helped. Or my friend just quit their job. They were stuck in a job and now they feel inspired. And when I hear those stories and they're the ones I relay onto you guys, like someone just quit their job or, you know, it's because of the documentary or whatever it is. Like, I think then it really does feel like fuck it's it was worth all of that if 20 people were impacted that hard and walked away like with life-changing stuff you know and that's pretty cool like that we get to pull that off at the same time as just having fun yeah, it's amazing how many people do you think have done things like quitting their job from the site i actually think just from the all the work that we've done over the last three years including like you know the podcast like everything I think it would actually be in the hundreds that people have like quit their job or they've made a lot more money or they've felt empowered in some way. Yeah. Yeah, even just believing that it's possible on the summit, it'd be really cool to leave it at the end of it and be like, you know what, they did it and they're telling me how I can do it. That's awesome. It's like my favorite part of the summit is the fact that you feel like, wow, like especially when you hear 
where you get to see the DMs and hear people sending you voice messages and you hear that it's actually changed somebody's life to some degree. It's pretty incredible that we get to do that. Yeah. And it's something we don't talk about enough because we're all too hard on ourselves and we're obsessing over the Facebook ads and the sales pages and Mel spelling mistake that she made once that I get to keep chasing Mel's her up Mel's never on. made a spelling mistake. <laughs> oh, she has though. And I found it. Yeah, it was ages ago. I don't even think I told her. I was going to bring it out at Christmas maybe. Print it, put it on a postcard. <laughs> we'll talk about this offline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is there, does anyone have any last wrap up thoughts that they want to share? I'm just already excited for the next one. Seeing the Google sheet, seeing the ideas. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to, I guess, say that I feel like we should be super proud, well, I know I am, of like the community that's been created from the summit. And when you see in the chat box, everyone just seems so happy and so thrilled to be there and everyone's supporting each other. The fact that everyone's in there writing such nice things to each other, communicating with each other, you know, no matter who writes in there, someone is writing back to them. And it's really cool to see an online community as well mm. that is that supportive. And they feel that connected. And that connected. And maybe it's like a good thing that's online because like the past summits that we went to or like workshops that we've been to, there was that sort of idea of like photographers that were speaking there would be like the rock stars. And like when you'd like go and mingle outside of like off the stage, there was that sort of like separation of like, oh no, like where the speakers and your the attendees, but then when it's online and you know, when we want when we do maybe do it offline one day, like I hope that like that's like one of our biggest intentions is that everyone feels like we're on the same level. So yeah, that's like one one of the best things. But it's just that community and that yeah, that everyone like we say everyone has a seat at the table and we're all at the same table. Got any wrap up thoughts, Mel? Here we go. I think uh, for me, what's really interesting is because I don't, I'm not traditionally from the industry. Like, I'm not a photographer, I'm not a videographer. So, for me, quite, ops, quite often, I see it from like an outsider's perspective. And I think I said this to you, Jai, ages ago like, it's like the first creative community where I felt at home. Like I felt so welcome and like the things were my people. And I think, you know, in the lead up to my presentation, especially because I like, I really enjoy catastrophizing things in my head. <laughs> I'm like, what if I attract haters? What if like no one's learned anything? Like, you know, like, and I'm like being pitted against these industry influencers. Like, it was like really intimidating and that triggered my imposter syndrome. And like in my preso, I actually talked about how I'm an introvert, I'm out of my comfort zone. And I, I remember when it went live, I was watching the chat box like, oh, for awkward. I was like, I'm going to watch up to lose hate and it's not like that. She, she didn't um, blink. <laughs> but like the amount of kind DMs I got was overwhelming. Like so many people were like, you know, I'm an introvert too. I get what it feels like. Or like, thank you for getting out of your comfort zone. Like people are reassuring me and being like, you did such a great job and I learned so much from you. And it, and it's just really humbling to be, to like step outside for a moment because like when we have these moments of self-doubt, ultimately it comes from pride. It's about how people perceive us and like being scared of the judgment. And I think 
when you just show up as yourself and people see that they connect with you. And I think showing your vulnerabilities and your weaknesses gives people permission as well to like embrace their own. So for me, it was a big learning opportunity. I'm really grateful that it was probably you playing a reverse tide of me because I'd push your buttons all year and you're like, oh, no, I'm going to make her presenter music. Yeah, I'll go for a so live hell. Like the amount of times it said small, but I was like, I would count as a blessing by died by sleep before my face. <laughs> it's worth it in the end. And I think I'm really grateful for that. At the end of the day, like as much as we like to criticise ourselves, we're doing it for the community and we're trying so hard because we want to serve the community like the best way possible. So, yeah, yeah. it comes from a really good place. I also want to say like the community really do show up for us as well, mm. which is like really incredible because like we wouldn't be able to just have fun and do the things that we do if they didn't just keep showing up over and over. And like it's just a testament like for the next summit, we put, you know, tickets for sale for next year and people are already starting to buy them. There's no lineup. And I'm like, it's awesome that people are like, yes, like they're doing something. Let's get on it. You know, let's support them. And, and even just little things. So people literally write to me and go, Jai, guess what? Just upgraded a VIP. You know what I mean? And they let me know that they're like, I'm, I wasn't just going to spend $7. Don't worry. And they say things like that. And I'm like, man, thank you so much. Because it literally means so much to us. Because it's like supports us, the speakers, like everyone. And so often you get into communities and everyone's trying to take but you get into this one and everyone's always trying to give and it feels nice because when we have in those brainstorm sessions, like, should we over deliver? Should we do this with no one notices? Should we spend that extra money? And we say yes and yes. Like it makes all that worth it. Yeah. You get overwhelmed by people's kindness, even when someone wrote to the end, get the support that they were after in like one of our Facebook groups. I think we, they might've emailed the wrong email. And then there was just 15 comments in there of everyone being like, Hey, like, you know, they're trying their best. They're doing a really good job. I don't think the issues like be so <laughs> And like no, none of us had even written in there yet. But like it just felt like everyone had our back and everyone believes that what we're doing is a good thing, which is like so nice, especially when you are like, you know, working really late at night, like getting up really early and everyone's trying to ensure that it's like the best that can possibly be. And I think also extending the thanks to the community of, the speakers as well for this summit and all of the summits mm. because you know they they come along and they've from the first summit where they had nothing to back it on other than your rogue ideas and a dm coming through yeah yeah <laughs> like you know all the speakers we've had have believed in what we're trying to put forward and have also really believed in putting something out there for the community and i'm sure a lot of them could you know be charging more doing less all that kind of thing but they all they all show up and put in a hell of a lot of effort as well. They just do, as Mel did. Which is amazing. Yeah, and Lilu's done like time and time again as well. And all the, you know, and all the speakers who aren't as close to it, but always come in to give their best to the community and also contribute to this as well. And, you know, it's it's not looking at it from a competing perspective. It's looking at from everyone lifting the tide of the industry. So yeah, and just serving. So it's yeah, the community expands in all different directions, which is really cool. And there's all new conversations happening. I even seen some people like sharing my ideas as well and like seeing people like, you know, take something and then, and then use it and expand on it and make it better and bigger. And like someone said to me the other day, it's like, you know, Jai, like 
you guys make such an impact because what happens is you're planting a seed into a new community on the other side of the world and that seed, someone else is going to spread it around and then it grows into a forest and then you don't even realize where it came from. But all of a sudden mindset shifts and, you know, like people are making more income or they're the happiness levels rise or like whatever it is. And I think that's really, really interesting. Cool. I think we should wrap it up. Yeah. Everyone happy? So we're getting, we're going to go and have some sleep and then get ready for 2023. And there's going to be plenty of cool things happening. Morgan and I was texting Morgan this morning, like, hey man, we need more documentaries happening. Like, <laughs> Put that in the calendar. More so, cameras, more streams, more docos, more work. Let's yeah, we, we need bigger TVs next time. Like, yeah, so I'm really excited and I'm just thankful for all you guys too because obviously I want to publicly say thank you because um, sometimes I do feel like a mad scientist and you guys make me definitely feel more normal and I think that's, that's good. So thank you. Hey, Make Your Breakers. Don't you hate how you can't sort through podcasts by most listened to, most reviewed, and most loved? Ah, right? As fellow podcast junkies, we... You. While we can't magically change Apple or Spotify's platform, we have created a little something something. Sifting through all of Make Your Breaks episodes to date, yep, we are talking all 200 plus episodes. We've meticulously curated some banging playlists just for you. We're talking the all-time hottest hits from Make Your Break, starring the juicy inspiration, motivation, and creative biz insights you know and love. Sound good? Jump into the show notes and follow the link to generate your very own Make Your Break playlist.